Okay, I want to bring attention, your attention to a couple things in the bulletin, especially for those of you that are up here for just a summer or a short period of time. Those of you that are from our church already know about it, but on the page called Bulletin Board, um, these are things that we're just highlighting, ways for you to connect. Uh, Mark and I are both starting a class, not this week, but a week from uh, this Wednesday, one on theology of marriage. Um, we talk a lot about how to do marriage. We want to spend some time talking about why. Let's just think about why did God do it this way? Parenting, Mark's going to do a class on parenting. We have a Sunday school class right after this with Bill Spear up at the church, so right after this service here. You'll notice in the small group category, we have the summer sojourners starting. The Jeep Club, I think uh, several of you went, didn't you? Went yesterday. It's on uh, Facebook. I saw the videos already. I, I have not been released from my doctor to go jeeping yet. I have to wait two more weeks, but then I'll be with you. And uh, in fact, if you look around the corner, you'll see my Jeep right there. Not to call attention to it or anything, but you can tell that we enjoy that up here in this county. <laughs> we have a couple of intergenerational small groups that are open for the summer. Tim and Linda Sealing and the Vanderkoys have one, and then Nancy and I are starting one, not this Monday, but a week from Monday. All these things, you can go to our website, and you can, if you're interested in it, just go sign up, and it'll send one of us an email, and we'll contact you and tell you about it. If nobody contacts you, let me know, because they should. Okay, I want to pray this morning, but I want to share, um, <clears throat> before I do, I want to share the struggles I've had this week with you. I have been, uh, I've just wrestled very deeply with the Supreme Court decision on gay marriage. Um, it's not the decision that is disturbing me. I'm not surprised by that. I expected it. So it's not the decision that's the job of government to figure out that stuff. And, uh, I, you know, they'll do their job. What's disturbing me is I have spent all week reading the blogs, the Facebook posts, reading the uh, news headlines, and somewhere in there, somewhere in our history, conservative Christianity is becoming an enemy. And I am deeply disturbed over that. I'm very bothered. I mean, our own church, I think we'll work through it, but I've already heard from a bunch of you. There's a, several of you, a bunch of you out there that are uh, very affirming of the decision, and there's a bunch of you that are very troubled by the decision. Okay, we, uh, we know how to work through that, don't we, as a church? We know how to protect our own unity and not let it run away with us, but where did we, as Christians in our nation, our own church nationally is dividing where did we lose our basic core mark of what it means to be a Christian? John 13. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That should be the defining characteristic of us. Not what we're against or what we're for, but our love for people. And I have been awake every night. I've woken up wrestling with this and just thinking about what I've been reading. I see a sign that says, the Constitution is there to protect us from Bible-controlling Christians. And it's like, why? How did that happen? Again, I'm not remarking on the decision. I'll let the Lord handle that. I'm remarking on a, a trait that is so important to me that we seem to have lost in our country. And quite honestly, 
it's way above my pay grade. I have no idea how to, how to get it back. It's easy for me to say to our church, let's keep practicing loving people. Forget the decisions of the government. Let's just keep loving people. Let's do what we know how to do. That's easy, but what do we do as a country? I don't know the answer to that. So I would like to pray this morning and just ask for God's mercy and ask that he would show us and Christians around the country how do we, how do we get back to doing what we do best? Thanks for giving me a few minutes. So let's pray. God, as a people, as a group of Christians, we confess to you, Lord, both our confusion. I know our own church is trying to make sense of all this. Uh, We confess to you, Lord, that we don't know how to run a country. We don't know what that means. All we know how to do is live our lives. And I pray, Father, starting with Dillon Community Church, that we would continue to be a church that loves and welcomes people and is really interested more in their spirituality than defining them based on whatever their behaviors are. And Father, I pray for our nation. Lord, I don't know what it's like to raise up a, a, a Moses or um, I think of all the great leaders in Scripture or a Bonhoeffer or, or whoever that might take our church, our churches in the country and help us just reunite around core principles of demonstrating your love to a world that needs it. I just pray for your mercy and that you would help us. Protect us, Lord, um, as a country and as a church. I pray these things in your son's name because I really do believe in him. Amen. Okay, we are in a study on God, uh, more specifically the first person of the Trinity who is, uh, comes to reveal himself as the father later on, but he's pretty much called God. And uh, so the first Sunday we looked at creation, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. We have a God who creates. We named the series an engaging God because we want you to capture the idea that our God is very engaged in everything that we do. He loves to be a part of our lives. So every week we're going to look at a different, we're going to walk away through scripture starting with Genesis and moving forward so we won't get to the New Testament until way down toward the end of the summer. And, uh, but one thing that's true about every one of these stories is that God loves to step into our world, into our lives, and Join with us, lead us well, love us well, sacrifice for us, and redeem us. By the way, one of the ways I look at this book right here is wherever God speaks or acts, he's always bringing about redemption. Now, what do I mean by that? Just very simply, he's fixing something that's broken. That's what it means. Okay, so whenever you come across a story in here in the Old Testament, especially that you just scratch your head and say, I can't figure this out to save my life. If you can step back and look at what was going on in the culture of that time, you'll discover that when God speaks or acts, he's breaking and he's fixing something that's broken. He's redeeming it. So the whole story of the Bible all the way through is God taking people, his people to a better place, a better way of relating, a better way of looking at the world around them. He's developing a sense of ethic. That's an expression of right and wrong. He's developing a sense, a better sense of cultural values every step of the way. That's what's happening here in this book. So wherever I go, I go back and look at the culture, and I can say, oh, I see what God is doing. That makes sense to me now. So God loves to engage himself with us. That's just who he is. He made us. He made this creation. He made all of this. 
I've been talking to a young man who, um, who, uh, who's not a Christian, not raised in a Christian home, knows very little about Christians, comes from a pretty troubled past, and um, he doesn't know anything about God. So we've just been hanging out, get together, and so he, he, uh, he was joking one day, not knowing that I'm a pastor, doesn't even know what a pastor is, and he said, does anybody believe in God? Really? <laughs> talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> and I said, well, actually I do. You do? And I said, I do. And he said, well, this God that you believe in, what's he like? And uh, we talked just a little bit. So he said, how do I find him, this guy? And I said, uh, what do I have to do? And I said, you don't really have to do anything. He said, huh? <laughs> I don't have to do anything? I said, no, God's real. He'll find you. Don't worry. But if you want to hang out, uh, I know him. And so we've just been spending time together. So this week we met. And... Um, we were at a coffee shop, and he said, so tell me about this God. And I said, okay, he made all that. Turn around and look out the window. So he turns around, and he stares, and he just looks at the mountains. He goes, he did? I said, yeah. And then he asked the question I've just been waiting for. Why? It's an opening for a conversation. So every time we're together, I just present something new about this God, and I'm just watching his eyes, just, just confusion, and yet awe. He's never even heard of any of this. We serve a God who loves to engage himself with us, starting with creation. So that's where we started, Genesis 1 and 2. We have a God who creates, and he loved to do all this for us, to teach us about him, as well as to give us a place to enjoy. It's like food. He made us to love food, and then he blesses us with it. What an amazing thing. He made us to want to enjoy creation, then he made creation. That's who God is. And then last week we looked in Genesis 12 when he contacts Abraham out of the clear blue. Abraham, I don't think, was a believer in this God. Don't think he'd ever heard of him. And he says, uh, Abraham, or Abram at that time, and he says, uh, yes, who are you? <laughs> and he said, go. So what did Abraham do? What you would do if somebody spoke to you out of the, a God spoke to you out of the nowhere. He got up and left. So today I want to remind you of the story of Abraham before we get to the text because it's a fascinating story. And today's one of those passages where we will laugh. Sometimes we cry, don't we? Sometimes we throw the book across the room because we're frustrated. Sometimes we look at it and say, I don't have a clue what's going on here. But today is one we're going to laugh because the laughter is all the way through it. So Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, that was his name then, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you, and you will be a blessing. And bless those, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. We learned from Galatians that that's the gospel. That's the core definition of Christianity. Through you, I will bless all the nations. That is the core definition of what we are about. That is our fundamental mission, to be a blessing to the people around us. Now you can see why I've been troubled all week, to be a blessing. Well, then all of a sudden, you have uh, Genesis 15. God repeats it. We don't know how much lighter this is in his life, but it is a little while later. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and a very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord... What can you give me since I remain childless? 